Hey, entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurial League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th, and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Perel, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurs League community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week. That's entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey. Hearing from people what's working and how you've changed their lives. And I, I also love hearing, you know, what we've done wrong and what we can do better because I think it's really important to not have an ego when you're an entrepreneur. You have to have confidence and you have to, you know, stand behind what you're doing, but you have to also know that you're not going to get it perfectly right. Let's be honest. Being a mama pronista is really two full-time jobs. But for Joanna Parker, co-founder of Yumble, a weekly subscription service that delivers healthy, delicious, fully prepared meals specifically designed for kids, it's the mama job that actually inspired the pronista in her. Trying to solve mealtime challenges with her own kids, Joanna had an idea to lighten the load of other mothers placing an anonymous post on Facebook with an offer to cook for others. Before she knew it, her family kitchen was doing double duty as a test and production kitchen for the new business she started with her husband. Just three years later, the company has gone national, has a fast-growing team, many customers, and big plans to expand mealtime to a happier place. Coming up... You'll hear about how Joanna learned the power of social media to test the market and the value of getting feedback from early adopters. Why Yumble wasn't the original name and how the name was inspired by a story that never got made. Why the decision to pause product deliveries for six months actually saved the company instead of destroying it. About the overlooked challenge of team management how Joanna has found the fine line between managing and micromanaging. The distinction between ego and confidence. Why one of the most successful aspects of Yumble resulted from a scramble to fix a last minute problem. How Joanna the mom compares to Joanna the business person. Why Joanna and her family have committed to device free weekends. And the power of the word of mom. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters. No limits. And plenty of surprises. Joanna, I am so excited to talk to you today because as a new mom, I am constantly looking for new products and solutions to solve essentially all of my mommy challenges now. So when I heard about your company, I knew the minute I heard about it, I had to have you on the show to learn all about it and how you launched this business. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited and congratulations to you on becoming a mom. Thank you. So you and your husband launched your business in June of 2017. So a little oh, just under three years ago. How did you first come up with the idea for your business? 
So Yumble was really born out of my own personal pain point. I have three children who are now nine, seven, and five. Um, at the time, three years ago, they were a bit younger. Um, and I was also a stay-at-home mom and was finding it really, really challenging to put healthy, nutritious meals that they would actually eat um, in front of them every single day. And I found it to just be a daily battle and a daily challenge. And eating healthy is something that's really important to me, but also developing a healthy relationship with food so it wasn't this forced, pressured environment is also really important to me. And I felt like if I had this problem, other people probably did too. And so my very entrepreneurial husband said, well, why don't you put it out in the marketplace and see if anybody has the problem? So I actually posted anonymously on a Facebook mommy group, the and all be all of mommy chats. Oh, they are the absolute best groups on Facebook for sure. Yeah. I'm learning everything there. <laughs> yeah, you can learn everything. You basically don't need a pediatrician. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, so I posted there that there was this new company delivering prepared meals for children. Did anybody want me to cook for their child for a week? And it's a funny story, actually. So my family was on a trip up to Vermont for the weekend. And I posted this on Facebook, you know, not expecting to really get any hits. And on the whole drive up, my phone was dinging like crazy off the hook. New alert, new alert, new alert. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't have a laptop with me at the time. I was working off of an old phone and I tried to create a PDF of a makeshift menu. I cut off the orders after a certain point because it was just going to be me. We had to cut our trip short. Um, and I went back and started cooking and it pretty much just took off from there. So what was the process like? Now you have all of these orders. You're like, okay, I'm in business. Like, what did you do first? Yeah. So first I created a menu, which was really just five items that I knew my kids liked. Um, pretty basic, but like a little bit interesting. So for example, I remember the first week I delivered, you know, a steamed brown rice with like a sweet Asian sauce with like a barbecue marinated grilled chicken cutlet um, with some vegetable on the side. Um, and I ran to the supermarket when I came home and started cooking and actually, I remember the first time I cooked everything and I packaged everything up. And then I went to go put it into my refrigerator. And if you think about like 10 takeout boxes as opposed to, you know, five tins of all of your prepared food, I had no room for any of it. So I had to unpack it, put it back into like the, you know, big size stuff um, and then repack it again in the morning. And I went and I delivered everything and was really excited because the next day when I emailed people, they said, yeah, we want the service again next week. And, you know, I would get emails from people out in California or Texas, and they would say, my sister just told me about this service, and you deliver here, and this was just me standing in my kitchen. So the answer was definitely no at the time. But that was the beginning of the early process. So the power of social media from the early days, you were able to test the market. They liked it. They were reordering. And now what did you do? So after about six weeks of doing this, where I would just kind of keep the same customers week after week, um, it clicked in my head that this really needed to be a subscription service. Mm -hmm. And my husband helped me on a really dinky platform create a website. Um, so that's when I was able to at least automate the orders somewhat. I taught myself very basic uh, HTML so that I could code certain things for our website. I can't say I remember how to do any of it, but <laughs> we somehow got a website up and people started putting in their credit cards. And then we were able to kind of put off a, you know, a wait list when we had too many orders. Um, and I just really spent the very beginning listening to my early adopters and hearing what it was that they wanted so that I could constantly hone the product. So for example, um, my initial offering was two lines. One was fully prepared and one was mostly prepped, thinking like maybe a mom wanted to spend like Five minutes just like, you know, throwing the marinated chicken onto the grill pan. Not one person wanted the most. I prepped. agree with that. I <laughs> a few months ago I thought I was like, oh, I'm gonna wanna make all of these foods for my baby. I wanna give like just buy some at Whole Foods and mash everything up. And now I'm like, I don't have time for any of that. I need everything delivered. And I wish I could, but it's just, I'm just not good at it. <laughs> you know what? It's really, really hard and everybody is juggling so many yeah. things. Um and what Yumble really strives to do is just kind of lighten the load on a mother. Um, and I say mother, you know, 90, it's obviously parents, but 95% of our customers are the moms. Um, and as a mom with a husband who's, you know, really helpful and really supportive, and both of us are juggling full-time jobs, um, there's some emotional lo load that a mother just kind of carries. Like, and I always use the example, like at 3.30 every single day, some something in me just like ticks and I look at my watch and I wonder like, did my kids get on the bus safely? 
three. Th- I don't even think my husband knows what time the kids get out of school. So there's those like little things that are just constantly in your mind and you're always sort of thinking about. And so Yumbo really tries to just take one thing off of people's plates and not so that you feel like you're compromising. That should be the convenience without the compromise. Where did the name come from? Yes, we get asked that a lot. So the original name actually was Panda Plates. Panda I came up with that one night just like in my sleep and like ran with it. And then once we kind of launched the business formally, some of our investors told us that we needed to change the name. Um, and David, my partner and husband, is very creative. And he came up with kind of just sort of 500 different names. We knew we wanted something that didn't actually mean anything, mm-hmm. something that was a little bit playful that would give us um, – sort of leeway with where the product would end up. I didn't want to be pigeonholed into one specific thing. And when he said the word yumble, I loved that it had yum in it. Mm-hmm. I loved that there was something playful about it. And we had originally thought that we were going to come up with a whole line of characters. And the story was going to be that they tumble and bumble and fumble and crumble. And it was kind of be this like story of how the food gets made. We never went forward with that. But I do love that it rhymes with all these sort of silly, playful yeah. words. I think you could, you could still go forward with that at yeah, some point. Yeah, one day. One Sounds day. like a IGTV series that exactly. you could do, right? <laughs> exactly. So you mentioned investor. So at what point did you realize that if you're going to scale this business, you might need to, to get investment? Yeah, we realized pretty early um, because there's so many upfront costs with delivering fresh food, whether it's the actual product or the shipment. And we have so many vendors and there's the, you know uh, – boxes and ice packs and liners, and you want to do everything really the right way. And especially with children, you want to make sure that you're following all the right protocols and guidelines. Um, so we raised a, a small seed round pretty early on just to kind of cover those costs and make, I think it was just one hire at the time. Mm-hmm. Who was that first hire? We hired a COO. Okay. Um, my husband's really great at business and you know long-term strategy and investor relations and seeing sort of a year down the road. Um, and I was really good at sort of knowing who the customer was and what they really wanted. So at the time, you know, when we first started, I did everything from menu innovation to cooking to customer service at night to creating the labels that the customers would get and then speaking with them. So our roles were really divided. But what we were really missing was someone to really, most importantly, understand but own the operations. How do you and your husband divide out what you're responsible for in the company, and are you able to separate business from dinnertime conversation, or is it just all business all the time now? (laughs) So when we first decided to work together, we sort of sat down and we set, you know, sort of guidelines that we were going to try to stick to. I can't say we've been perfect. There was definitely a a career or another job. He was sort of in between. He was advising for a small equity company, private equity. Um, So he told him that he had this opportunity, and he came on full-time. And then they were actually one of our investors. Got it. Okay. Um, we do – so, you know, when business is good and everything's going great, it's it's fun to talk about it at home and we can get the kids excited about it. But when we're having a stressful day, we always make sure um, – we commute back and forth together and we pull into the garage and we don't get out of the car until we finish talking about whatever it is we need to kind of settle. Um, and then we open the door and go into mom and dad mode. So we, we definitely do try to separate. What, can, what are some of the challenges that you've experienced, especially in the early days when you were first launching the business? Were there moments you were like, you know what? I don't know. We can keep this going. This is this is a lot of work. It's complicated. Yeah. I mean, for me, the, one of the biggest challenges was actually I had I – had, before I had children, I was a, a teacher. And then after my second child was born, I was a stay-at-home mom for a little while. And I really went overnight from stay-at-home mom to seven days a week. 4 a.m. to 7 p.m. working. So it was a really big transition for my kids and for me. Um, so that was one of the – so that sort of caught up after a little while. And I remember there was a time when David said to me, he's like, you know, I think we were kind of running faster than our feet could take us. And he suggested that we actually pause deliveries for a little while. And at first I was like, no way, not a chance. Like we can't, we're going to lose this momentum. And he put up a really good argument for why he thought it was actually better for the business and also for us. Um, and we did, we paused for about six months. We rebranded, we did a bunch of different things. Um, and it was a really hard decision to make at the time, but if we hadn't made that decision, I think we probably would have fallen on our faces. Wow. And how do you, you know, juggle it all and manage it all? You know, I say you're a mama pranista, you're a mom entrepreneur and really just doing it all. And there's so many things that have to get done in a day. How do you manage? 
I think you realize that not everything's going to get done in a day. Um, and so you have to prioritize. And I always think, you know, anything I choose to do that's not for my family, my job, or me, um, I'm choosing against those things. And I have to try to remember that when I make a decision and it feels like I'm giving things up. You are giving some things up, but you're also getting so much back. So I think, you know, I mean, I'm very organized. I make a lot of lists. I schedule my days, you know, minute to minute. And um, those things definitely help. But I think there also has to be an acceptance that like some things will just drop, which was hard for me in the beginning. Do you have any tips for how to organize your day or how you schedule things? Because you sound like you you have it all down. (laughs) (laughs) Some days, not all. (laughs) Um, I mean, what I try to do is I, I always try to get up before my kids. I find that's a really helpful sort of positive way to start my day. What time is that? It's usually like 530. 530, okay. Um, I try to go to the gym, come back before they're up and have a cup of coffee. And that way when they're up, then I shift into mom mode for an hour. Um, and every single day, unless I'm sick or away, um, I give them breakfast, I get them dressed, and I take them to school. And I always drop them off. Like I, It's just one thing that I can guarantee to them that I'll be there for because I can't always guarantee in the evenings what time I'll be home. Yeah. Then I shift into work mode. Um, and that's really, you know, meetings and keeping my calendar tight, but with enough wiggle room, um, I have a really amazing support system. So like on a day when somebody, when the nurse calls and one of my kids is sick and I have to either run back, um, there are people at the team who, you know, pitch in and help out and I can work from home a lot, which is helpful. But one of the important things I think that I've learned is setting my kids' expectations. So like if I know I'm not going to be home one evening, I make sure to tell them that in the morning because there's a lot fewer tiers and their expectations are just set properly and then they're not as disappointed. That's really good advice. Yeah. And do they ever come to the office? Do they see mom and dad uh, running the show? (laughs) They do come to the office quite a bit, but we also do a lot at our house because we use our kitchen a lot for cooking things and photo shoots. So they always ask like, is today a Yumble day? Are we doing Yumble today? So they're pretty involved. That, that sounds like so much fun. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they get to test all of the new uh, foods, too. <laughs> they do. They, they're very good testers, especially my son as he's getting older and getting a little bit more sophisticated. So he'll make suggestions on what he thinks would be good in a dish and menu ideas. I love that. <laughs> Coming up, you'll hear how one of the most successful aspects of Yumble resulted from a scramble to fix a last-minute problem. Hi, entrepreneurs! You know I am always here to provide you with as much value as possible. So I wanted to be sure that you have access to the Entrepreneista Agenda, our weekly newsletter where we share the latest business news, success stories, grant opportunities, as well as all of our favorite resources and special offers for founders just like you. You can sign up to join our weekly newsletter and join over 50,000 other entrepreneurs over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash newsletter. That's entrepreneurs.com slash newsletter to subscribe to the Entrepreneurs Agenda. This category has really started to blow up over the past few years. I feel like I've seen so many different types of meal delivery kits and programs and now even for kids as well. So you definitely got in or started at the at the right time. Can you share more about having to keep up in the marketplace and the competition and, and what that's like? Yeah, it's been a very exciting space to be a part of. Um, when we first started, the idea of delivering food was still novel. Um, And I remember sitting in investor meetings and pitching the idea, and they're like, no one's going to order food prepared to their house. People go to supermarkets, and and we just really believed from the beginning that that was not the case. I mean, as young parents, we we live in the suburbs, so to get into your car every single time you want something, and we both work, and um, we just really believed that this was something – this was going to be the way that parents started, you know – serving their children food. Um, but it's been really exciting to watch the the space evolve. And it's a, it's actually a really supportive community. Um, we speak to a lot of the other founders and um, of all the meal kits and prepared meal companies. And everybody's really helpful and eager to just sort of, you know, share tips and tricks and stuff like that. So it's been fun. Can you talk to us a little bit about how your meal delivery program is different from the others and um, you know, how people can order, like, what do you get? Yeah. Um, so I we actually are in a crowded space, but we're a really unusual niche. Um, first of all, there really are not any other prepared meal companies for kids. 
Um, there's one or two others, but they're, they're different than we are. Um, and I think being for kids is the main thing that really sets us apart. And we take a lot of pride in that. And it's a huge part of, you know, almost every decision that we make about the brand and the messaging, um, and how we talk to parents. You know, I always say our Yumble's job is to really have two customers. We have the parents that we're selling to, but then we have the children that we're, we're serving. So we really have two different customers that we're, you know, aiming to to be a service for. So that's definitely one thing that really sets us apart. The other thing that sets us apart is that we're not actually a meal kit. Um, now there are more prepared meal companies, but when we first started, it was the HelloFresh, the Blue Apron, the Plateds, um, which were real meal kits. And ours was unusual that it was fully prepared. And it took us actually a really long time until people stopped assuming we were uh, a meal kit. It was a messaging battle that we kept having to kind of shout out. Well, I like, like I said this before, I like that you're already prepared because what, do you just stick it in the microwave? And You can stick it in go? the microwave. The trays are, yep, microwave safe. It's 60 to 90 seconds. There's no cleanup. It's nothing. It's it's really ready to heat and then ready to eat. And what are the ages of the children that you deliver meals for? So we, we target between the ages of one and 10. Um, you know, if you're on the younger end, then the meals can probably be used for two meals. And if you're on the older end, then it might be one of your meals that day, or you might supplement with something on the side. But our sweet spot is probably between the ages of two and six. All right, two and six. So I'm going to be a customer coming up, unfortunately, very soon. Yes, I time know. time is flying. <laughs> Every stage is exciting, though. Yes. <laughs> How have you grown your team since the early days? Because when you started, it was just you and your husband. And then you mentioned you brought on a COO. But how many people are you now? So now we are in our office. We're 12 people. Okay. Um, our CTO is works remote, and he has a team with him. So that's, you know, five or six more. Um, and we have a lot of vendors that we employ, you know, that way. So it's a big team in terms of, like, the weekly production and operation. And what has that been like for you going from, you know, being the ideator, coming up with this business and cooking the food to now having to manage this growing team? Yeah, I think it's a really underappreciated challenge when you grow a company. Um, you know, people always talk about growing the business and growing the operations and keeping up with demand or, you know, fighting cash flow management issues, things like that. Um, but team management is a really important part because these people are there working on your baby, essentially. Um, and so there's that combination of you having to let go of certain things. I mean, in the early days, I wore every single hat mm -hmm. and slowly, you know, handed them off to people. Um, and so there's that ability to let go. But there's also, you know, you, you do need to stay involved. So I, I was just having this conversation actually with David. There's some fine line between managing and micromanaging. Mm -hmm. um, and I think keeping your your team happy and feeling supported is a really big part of running a company. Did it take a while to learn how to let go and start to delegate? Totally. And I and I definitely made mistakes along the way. Yeah. Sometimes I let go too much because I didn't want the person to feel like I was stepping on their toes. And then I realized I was like, you know, I needed to get back in a little bit more. And then there were times where I was too much in. So you, you have to play around and, and wiggle a little bit until you find the right fit. What are some of the mistakes maybe you made in the early days? In the early days. Or yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I can't think back that far. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I learned was you need to early on realize what you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where you need to make your early hires. And it's really to be self-aware and know what you're not good at. It frees you up to do the things that you are good at. And everybody's both happier and more successful when they're doing the things that they're good at. How did you learn this? Because I feel like it usually takes entrepreneurs several years to really come to this realization. Was there a key moment that this kind of hit you? Well, it was probably after like the 10th time someone asked me if I've ever been in food production. <laughs> I'm like, no. Um, once the operations got tricky, like, you know, when we were first delivering, what I would do is I would cook everything the night before. Then I would wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, package everything. So that when by the time my kids woke up for school, I could turn my kitchen back over to like, you know, family kitchen, yep. <laughs> um, get them off to school and then come back and make all the deliveries. And just realizing how there's this like chain of everything has to move perfectly well. Um, then once we added locations, so originally I was only delivering to New York City, then I added Hoboken, New Jersey. And so I had to divide my deliveries and I was making these spreadsheets and I was just slowly starting to realize the things that were taking me 
excessive amounts of time were the things that I probably should not have been spending my time on. Mm. Whereas talking with customers and listening to their pain points and trying to, you know, modify our product so that it was a better fit um, was really where I was going to be the most impactful. So tell me about talking to your customers. Is that mostly through social media, email? How have you really gotten to know them? Um, that's actually my favorite part of my job. Um, because it's really what keeps you going is hearing from people what's working and how you've changed their lives. And I, I also love hearing, you know, what we've done wrong and what we can do better because I think it's really important to not have an ego when you're an entrepreneur. You have to have confidence and you have to, you know, stand behind what you're doing, but you have to also know that you're not going to get it perfectly right. Um, so I spend, since the early days and even now, I've always spent a bulk of my time talking to customers. I talk to them on text message, I talk to them on the phone, I talk to them on email, I talk to them on social media. Um, all the ways that you would talk to anybody is how I talk to them. And we like to talk to them in whatever way is the most convenient for them. Yumble's all about making parents' lives easier, not adding a layer of compl complexity. So we offer all types of communication. And when you get that feedback from your customers, how do you share that with the rest of the team? So we have a really great, um, you know, team of customer service representatives, and they're always sharing positive things and constructive things. Um, and both are really, really welcome. And our, our marketing team and our product team is always taking that feedback and, and sort of listening to it. So whether I'm the one speaking with them or one of our customer service reps, we take what the customers say really seriously. And talk to me about your marketing. What has been your strategy to acquire new customers? So in the early days, it was really just word of mouth. Um, that's really how we grew. Um, word of mom, right? <laughs> word of mom, exactly. Very, very powerful. <laughs> um, now we really rely on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we do a lot of direct mail drops, um, which are – it's old school, but it's actually really effective. And I, I understand it because as a mom, like – you come home and you look through your mail and most of it goes into the garbage, but then a couple things you hang on to and you, and then you see them a few times in your house. I open all of like all the coupons, like I'm a big couponer, so I open all of those that come in the mail. I don't yeah. use all of them, but I find out about. Exactly. So it's actually been a really successful uh, method for us. Interesting. Yeah. And then Facebook, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Yeah. Um, we also do really, really, we have a really great marketing team. Yeah. I mean, our whole team is awesome. Um, but they've done a really great job of retargeting. Mm -hmm. So once, once people come to our website and um, they get retargeted a lot and we get emails to them and that's a really effective way also yeah i mean i went to your website obviously before before this interview so i've been getting retargeted yes on Facebook sure. and until Instagram. you buy oh, we yeah. will hound you <laughs> four more months when she's one no. um no that's really interesting and then have you worked with a lot of mommy influencers as well yeah we have um Sometimes I find them helpful and sometimes, you know, I think it's really important to be part of that community. Yeah. Um, everyone is really supportive and, you know, once you're a mom, you just – you get it. Yeah. Everything about motherhood sort of clicks, whether it's the touching moments or the hard moments or the crazy moments. It all just sort of makes sense. Um, so I, I love working with other moms. Yeah. No, I love that. And then you've – again, we've talked about this, but you've really grown your company quite quickly. And what I always like to hear about is the types of questions you're asking your potential employees during an interview. Like how do you know if someone is the right fit to work at your company? One of my favorite questions to ask is what about Yumble excites you? Um, because I think, you know, a lot of people like to be a part of a startup. There's, it's exciting and it's fun, but I don't, I think if you don't fully get the product and you can't be excited about what it is that you're marketing or selling or, you know, talking about with the customers, it's really, really hard. And I mean, one great example is two of our customer service reps. One of them is not even a mom, um, but she's amazing like really amazing like so intuitive um the other one is mom and is also amazing <laughs> um but she she reached out to me and said you know i'd like to get um like a degree in like child nutrition because i think it would be really helpful when i'm talking to the parents and i think that's that sign of you know initiative and is like what we're always looking for in our employees where's your office based we're in New York City. You are in the city. Yes. Oh, amazing. And But you don't live in the city. I don't. I live in New Jersey. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Where do you see Yumble over the next three to five years? What's next? What's happening? Yeah, so a lot of exciting stuff. I 
My vision for Yumble has always been that one day it will be sort of the go-to trusted brand of kids' food that moms trust and that kids love. So we started with direct-to-consumer, and it's been a, an amazing channel for us. But I definitely think that within five years, there will be retail opportunities and, you know, not just meals, but snacks and sauces and all the things that just make kitchen and mealtime for mom and kid a much happier place. Oh, I love that. What would you say that you're most proud of to date? Like what's the biggest accomplishment in your business that you're most proud of? The moments that make me proudest are when I speak to customers and they tell me that, you know, their child had never tried broccoli and now they love broccoli or, you know, a struggling mom of three kids who, you know, is working two jobs to make ends meet and like this has just saved her life. Those types of testimonials where you feel like you're actually impacting people and making a difference in their lives, um, to me is the most rewarding. There's definitely nothing, nothing better than that. And knowing that you created that and you're changing people's lives. Yeah. And that your vision (laughs) sort of came to fruition. So I have to ask you about the Yumble cards that are sitting over to your right. Can you tell us a little bit about how this idea came to be and what these cards are? Yeah. So Yumble to me was always, how do we create a product that is making mom's life so much easier without her feeling like she's compromising on anything? We want her to feel proud of the ingredients and the quality of the food that she's serving her child because we all know that that's of utmost importance to parents. Um, But at the same time, how do we make it something that the kids are really excited about? And how do we replicate sort of that happy meal excitement in a healthier, you know, more modern type of meal? So that was always like my vision that unboxing a Yumble box should be equally exciting for the parents and the children. So what we came up with was um, sending a little gift each week in the first four weeks. And this is what we call our four-week experience. And part of why we did it over the span of four weeks is because I don't believe that children's eating habits can change overnight. And if you're a parent who's struggling to get your child to eat better foods and you want to you know, create a routine, we can't expect it to happen right away. And so we really encourage parents to try for a little bit longer just to get into that habit and, and, and develop those lifestyles with their children. Um, so in your first week, you get a placemat. In your second week, you get a plate. In the third week, you get utensils. And in the fourth week, you get this great lunchbox um, that the Yumble Meals fit nicely into. So it's supposed to keep you kind of excited and create this whole full meal time. And then also in your first week, we send a little pamphlet for the mom to explain like what Yumble's all about. And then these table topics, which I really, really love. Um, Can you read some of them? Yeah, yeah. sure. So I'll tell you what they are. So you get a – it's like a deck of cards. Um, and on the side of each – each of them has a side that has um, like a conversation starter. And the way this came to be was I find it's really stressful for children when a parent is just hovering over them and saying like, eat this or why didn't you eat that? And so instead of focusing on what they are and are not eating at mealtime, why not make it like a normal – the way you would have a, a, a dinner with one of your friends or your husband um, and talk about things that happened in their day. And they're so much more relaxed then and way more likely to eat their food. So for example, here I'll read one of them. This is, what's your favorite food to eat that's yellow? <laughs> so then they can answer that. That one's about food. but Corn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This one's a great one too. Um, what makes you feel loved? And it's really just the opportunity to talk with your children. And, I, you know, we hear all the time that kids love these. And actually when my f- kids have friends over, um, often they'll have like, you know, a, a bunch of friends. And I'll just kind of put these out on the table and I don't really say anything. And inevitably they always pick them up. Now my kids can read themselves. So they just pick them up and they talk about it with their friends. And it just – kind of creates this like calm, happy mealtime experience. When did you come up with this idea? Table Topics was a little bit of a later idea. We we started it um, back in September of 2019. Okay. Before that, we had other things. Um, we used to do coins. So it was sort of like a reward system. Um, you got coins and the parents could choose how to use the coins. You, you got them in your delivery regardless. Um, and we spoke a lot with customers about, you know, ways that we thought would best be for their family. So if you have a, a young child who's just learning to eat, then even if they just like look at the food or they smell it or they touch it and they don't cry, give them a coin, make them feel good. Whereas if you have an older child and you, you know, are encouraging them to kind of eat more of a meal, then you can use it that way. So you phased out the coins. And we phased out the that. coins. Yeah. So what made you realize, okay, maybe the coins aren't working 
here's the new idea. Let's let's just try it out. Or did you test it first? So the coins were wor- the coins yeah. were working. People really liked them. Um, and when we phased them out, I think some people were a little upset. We we have plans to do a digital reward system. Um, we felt these were a lot more on brand. The table topics. Um, the coins felt a drop generic. They were something that we started. Um, talk about challenges. We were in like a pinch for one of our first deliveries and our something that we were planning to send like a, a branded trinket didn't come in time. And so I think I like ran to Oriental Trading online and just ordered coins for the first batch. Oriental Trading is still around? Oh my God, yes. It's still catalogs? <laughs> still catalogs. There's digital, obviously, of wow. course. Okay, good um, to know. <laughs> and then people liked it. And so we just continued with it. But it was never like a strategic or planned type of thing. And then when we rebranded, um, Table Topics just felt like perfect. What would you say have been some of the biggest challenges in being able to deliver fresh food each week and figuring out your supply chain and all the logistics? I imagine you said you just launched nationally. Yeah. So that's a very big undertaking. Yeah. For sure, the biggest challenge um, is that you're really dependent on your vendors. Um, And so if one of our shipping carriers doesn't deliver the boxes or a truck driver doesn't show up, while it's not our fault, it's our responsibility. Um, and you know, when you're creating a product that's all about convenience and making life simpler, there's a lot of disappointment from customers if you don't deliver on that. Um, so you really have to own it. Um, but it's, it's hard, you know, same like we were talking about managing your team and you have to manage your vendors and set yourself up for successful relationships with them that you can really, really rely on them because you are totally dependent on them. How did you know when you were ready to launch nationally? Um, well, we've been getting so much inbound interest, um, from the West Coast, and it was just a matter of logistically figuring out the best way for customers and the safest way to transport the food, um, over to them. It was all the foods made here? All the food is made here, yep, and it's in, you know, insulated, refrigerated boxes like you're used to seeing from the other companies, um, and then it's FedEx or UPS one to two day. Up next... The value of listening to your gut. Can Joanna the mom be separated from Joanna the business person? Plus a surprise. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneistas. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneistapodcast.com. A common theme from all of the guests we've interviewed on our podcast so far is that they've all relied on support from other women through groups. So we decided to start an Entrepreneista Facebook group. Head on over to Facebook and search Entrepreneistas. We really wanted to create a community for Entrepreneistas to connect, share ideas, help each other solve problems, and learn from all of our collective experiences. If you join the group, it's really a safe space to talk about being an entrepreneur, sharing your wins, asking for help when needed, And we can't wait to meet you so we can learn and grow together. Joanna, where does the Joanna the mom end and the Joanna the co-founder and businesswoman pick up? You know, it's hard to separate out Joanna as a mom and Joanna as a business person because so much of the business is rooted in Joanna as a mom. Um, and I think that that's actually really what gives it the authenticity to be successful. Um, I, you know, I often don't wait around for, you know, research and marketing reports and all this kind of stuff to make decisions for the business. Like my intuition is really strong and it's gotten us to where we are now. And so I usually rely on it. Um, I like to ask a couple of other people just to make sure I'm not out of whack, but usually a mom's intuition is is right. And at this point, I've spoken to so many customers, you know, because obviously not everybody is me. Um, I live in a specific part of the country and, you know, that's different than people in other parts of the country. So you have to be open-minded, um, but moms are moms and everybody wants what's best for their children um, and that's universal. So if that's the driving force behind a decision, then it's probably the right one. So what does a typical day outside of work look like for you? Hmm. Or is every day (laughs) work? (laughs) No, I mean, I've really, especially as my kids are starting to get a little bit older and they can kind of verbalize to me when they need me or that they need me. um, I've really been trying to pick two days a week where I come home a little bit earlier. Um, 
help my older two kids with their homework and just to kind of have an idea of what they're doing in school. Because otherwise, it's really easy to kind of fall out of the loop. Um, and they're still young, you know, fourth grade and second grade. My second grader, she's just starting to get into the homework groove. And so helping her develop those habits, which are also important, like eating habits. So I really want to be a mother that's present enough to help set up my children for success, um, the same way that I'm trying to help parents around the country set up their children for success. Um, I'd like to do that at home as well. So for me, uh, most of my time once I leave work is really for my children. Do you find it's hard when you're with them to put down your phone and detach? Or are you sure that you put your phone down, you're not checking your emails, you're not checking in on work, so you can really be present with them? It's really hard. Yeah. And the best reminder is when they say, Mommy, please, can you put your phone down? And then I go and I put it down because I tell them to put their devices away mm-hmm. and expect them to listen. Um, and most of the time what I'm responding to or looking at can wait. And what they need of me is really not so needy at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so I really try to be as present as I can. One really nice thing that we do every weekend from Friday to Saturday night, we are device free. Me, my husband and my children. Um, it doesn't even come downstairs. It's like we play sorry and rummy cube and things like that where like we actually really talk to each other and um that's been a big game changer because it guarantees that at least you know once a week there's like real quality family time and actually my kids school has done an amazing thing where once a month they have an unplugged night and the whole family is expected to disconnect and just this week we my husband and I came home a little bit early from work we sat down and I mean, when on a Monday night do we sit and play a board game with our kids? Really, never. And they were so happy. And then we got into bed and we're like, you know, that was actually really nice. Like, it felt good to disconnect personally, but it, it also allows you time with your children that you really can't have if your phone is just sitting next to you. And look, the business goes on and everything's okay in the morning, The business right? goes on, yes. I know. I this is I've been struggling with this. And look, my daughter is only eight months old, so she doesn't know that I'm on my phone, but I feel like I come home from work and I'm with her and then I'm still checking my emails. I'm like holding her. I'm breastfeeding. I'm still checking my emails and I catch myself and I'm like, what am I doing? I I have to be present because I'm yep. not doing this now when she's eight months. What am I going to do when she's when she's older? So I like the putting the device away from Friday to Saturday. I think that's a really yeah, good tip that really, I should start now. It's really so helpful. <laughs> it's also a good message to send to your kids, I think. Definitely. What are some of your go-to recipes on weeknights with your family? Mm. So my kids really eat – they eat before I get home as much as I do believe in family mealtime. For us, it doesn't work every night of the week. Friday nights, we always eat together. And Sunday nights, we always eat together. And Saturdays, we almost always eat together, um, which ends up being about half the week. So I feel like that's pretty good. My go-to recipes, though, I mean, we all love healthy, easy-to-make meals. So whether it's, you know, grilled salmon. My kids are now getting into, like, Caesar salads. And, you know, we make a lot of roasted vegetables. There's always always those types of things in our in our refrigerator. And then my kids have their yumbles when – uh, when our fridge is stocked with them. Are they on your social media accounts? Are they the stars? Or- they are. <laughs> yeah. They are. Although sometimes I have to remember not to bother them. Yeah. So I'm always like, they're like, are you going to take a picture of me right now? <laughs> you got the free talent at home. You got to exactly. be scrappy. Exactly. <laughs> what would you say is your favorite mantra or quote that you live by? I would say that something that kind of keeps me going, it's not necessarily a quote or a mantra, but um, that everyone's doing their best. And like, you know, you might feel like you're failing, but people around you probably think you're doing a great job. And and knowing that you are doing the best that you can and that, you know, your plate is really full and you just got to kind of give yourself some credit sometimes, I think is really, really helpful. I, I spent a lot of time in the early days feeling really guilty that I wasn't around more for my kids and giving myself a hard time. And I would talk to my mother on the phone and she'd be like, you know, Joanna, you're teaching them a really great lesson. And right now it's challenging. They're little and it, it's hard. But they see you, you know, doing something to try to help other children and do a great thing. So I think reminding yourself that, you know, there are challenges and struggles and you can feel like you're not doing everything great, but you probably are doing better than you think. Yeah, I completely agree. Do you believe there really is such thing as having work-life balance and being a mom? Like, is that a thing? I think it is. I think it is. I think it takes a really long time to get into the groove of that. Um, and something I learned in motherhood, and it's totally true in business as well, is every time you think you're in like a good routine, 
something changes. Yes. So like, you know, your baby finishes teething and then they're on to the next thing. So like, there's always something to kind of keep you, you know, rolling with the punches. Um, but I do, I think after some time you get into the routine of, you know, learning how to separate from one thing to the next. And, you know, there's always going to be some overlap. None of us are going to disconnect completely from, you know, your job or your, your role as a parent, but I think you slowly get into it. Yeah. What surprised you the most about being a mama pranista? I think the most surprising thing was that you really are juggling two full-time jobs. Like, it's not even a joke. It's really crazy. When I think about, like, on a day if I don't go into the office, I could spend my whole day doing stuff for my kids that really would eat up my entire day and and not, not wastefully. It's, you know, whether it's doctor's appointments or someone's always outgrowing something. So like every time you get them a pair of shoes, somebody else is outgrowing their pair. So keeping up with all the things of motherhood and then they come home and they have homework. Um, it's really a full-time job, both emotionally and physically. And so is starting a business. Like it's really around the clock. And you, in order to be successful, you really have to live and breathe it all day, every day. Yeah. You know, it's important to take breaks. And I think that that's a really important part of being successful is knowing when you need to kind of not live and breathe it for a few days. Um, but for the most part, you really are juggling two completely yeah. full-time jobs. I'm thinking about this now because you started your business once you already, after you had three children, I had started a business and now have an eight month old and went back to work. And it's just like trying to figure everything out. It's just, it's all very hard and overwhelming, but somehow you just you just do it. Exactly. You just do <laughs> you it. Just and there are good days yeah. and there are hard days. And I think it's really important to have people who you can trust, who can help you. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, you just do it. What are you most grateful for each day? I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, I think that, you know, the opportunity comes from you allowing yourself to do it. It comes from David initially pushing me to do it. It comes from the helpful support that I have from my parents and my babysitter who really helped me with my children. It also comes from my children allowing, you know, not that they would force me to stay home, but allowing me to go out and do something that I really want to do. Um, and I think that, you know, it's easy to sort of feel like drained and tired. But if you look at it as as more of an opportunity, then it's so much more positive and then you feel grateful. Yeah. I would say, you know, the hardest thing for me having Molly over the past few months since she started eating solid foods is like figuring out what to feed her. And the fact that you have come up with this solution, I'm so, I want to bow down to you. I'm so grateful <laughs> that you've solved my problems going forward now. So thank you. What I want to know is can you share some more, you know, foodie tips for moms and dads of little ones that maybe we just would, I wouldn't know yet? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, every family is different and every child is different. And so what I always say to customers when I speak to them is, like we were saying before, trust your intuition. Like, you know your child. Um, so listen to them and observe them. And if they are resisting on one type of food, ask them, you know, probe a little bit deeper. Ask them why. Maybe there's a texture issue. Maybe it's not the right temperature. Maybe today they just don't want broccoli. It. I wouldn't, I don't, I want to encourage parents not to resign themselves or their children to so-and-so is a picky eater. Everybody outgrows things like that. And so it's important to just, you know, I often say this and people are kind of like, a, oh, um, teaching your children to have healthy eating habits is just like every other milestone that you're responsible for as a parent. Nobody gives up on toilet training. Nobody gives up on sleep training. Kids are not born with perfect eating habits. And it's our jobs as parents to kind of help navigate through that journey until they get there. Um, you know, we don't see 30-year-olds in diapers, so you probably don't meet that many 30-year-olds who won't touch a piece of broccoli. Everybody kind of outgrows it, and it's sort of about the patience and the journey of getting there. So I always encourage parents to kind of keep that bigger picture in mind and, and not put so much pressure on each individual meal. Such good tips. I love all this information. <laughs> and what would you say being an entrepreneurista or mama pranista means to you? I think it's about having thick skin. Um and, you know, keeping your eye really focused on that mission and passion that that originated your your journey. Um, if you don't feel that passion every day, then it's going to be even harder. Um, and if you do feel that passion and that drive, then it's going to get you through all the challenges, which there will be. 
and, and like we were saying, you know, finding that that balance between motherhood and business because um, it's there and everyone just has to find it. And just like picky eating, it can take time, but it will happen. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey. It's really incredible what you've been able to accomplish in such a short time. And I can't wait to have Molly try Yumble. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and of course, buy Yumble for their family? Yes, I'm glad you asked. So you can find us at yumblekids.com. And all of our handles are Yumble Kids, Facebook, Instagram. And you can email me directly at joanna at yumblekids.com. And as a thank you for having me here, I wanted to offer your first 100 listeners their first week free, totally free. And the code is FREE100. FREE100, first week free of Yumble Kids. Thank you so much. I will definitely be trying this with Molly. It was so nice to learn about you and your journey. I've learned so much. And thank you for all of the, the mom tips. I'm eating up. No pun intended, whatever I can get. So thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Thanks for listening. Hey, entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurs League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th, and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Corral, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurs League community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week. That's entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey.